0: You're very welcome to the the fifth episode. It is now of the Clash Act with myself, Eddie Scaly, and Aiden Taggy Foley. Aiden, great to see you again. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, it's uh, hard to believe it's the fifth episode already, isn't it? Ah, time flies when you're having fun with <laughs> time Eddie. Time flies
1: when having fun with Eddie. That is the one, <laughs> that is the statement of the year.
0: No, hundred percent. But your tag, this is going to be our last kind of show um, for this year, which has been a bit of a strange year. And um, we'll, we'll probably look over some of the the big standout moments for both of us during the year. But you know, it's 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 great that we've been having these bits of crap. Over the last couple of weeks as well, to kind of reignite all the stuff that we've seen during the season.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I tell you now, when I got the phone call to do a podcast about sport, I was there "What kind of sport can we even talk about this year?" But uh, it's been, it's been unreal. It's been just look, it's, it's going to go down in history. It's unbelievable that we actually got championships played off. It's unbelievable the things that happened during the year. We have our Ireland champions in club and county and in Camogie and everything. So look, it's been it's been strange and unreal. And I think it's a. I suppose it compliments everyone how
0: they adapted to it really, isn't it? 100%, 100%. And picking up on what you've just said there, I'm going to kick straight into it with, you know, this weekend, is the, it's the showpiece for the GEA calendar, the All-Ireland Football Final. It's It was watched by close to a million viewers on RT, which is, you know, astounding when you think about it. Uh, 13, or 30 I should say, amateurs going out to take a field and over a million people watching the game on TV. And, um, what did you think of the football match yourself? Yeah, look,
1: uh, I thought I, I thought exactly what was going to happen. Uh, Mayo absolutely went for it in the first 40-45 minutes. And then, as Dublin do, they got to three or four points ahead and then they just kept possession and just squeezed out the match. Uh, I thought it was probably the best test Dublin got all year long. Uh, there was chances. There was there was chances by Mayo that they missed. They need to be getting absolutely everything, but you could just see they were out in their feet kind of towards the end because they're trying everything. At them. Um, but Dublin just been Dublin, but off uh brought on substitutions and and just were really clinical and, do you know, I was I was looking at the the um, Cluxton getting the cup and I, it was just so kind of it was a bit dour really, you know, he like obviously he thanked everyone and COVID and everything like that, but it was just. Routine to him, you know, which you know, it just looked a bit, you know, you'd be a fair team just after 20 years, winning it? But what can you do?
0: Yeah, I think if we think back to our, our podcast, I know it was only last week, we'd, we'd Frankie Dolan on. Um, I have to give Frankie credit here. He, he actually called, he said he, he thought Dublin would win by five or six points, mm-hmm. and he also said Mayo would stick with them till they got to the final quarter. And then he also pointed out that the Dublin bench should come on in the final quarter and kick home. and I think, you know. On he was he It was, was like we were watching it and I'm thinking here hold on Frankie yeah. Dolan has a crystal ball
1: he was bang on and even um, look we asked him about goals and stuff like that Dublin got two goals um, well worked goals alright but we said m- maybe Mayo be vulnerable at the back because they're pressing so much going forward and he called that as well and we put it to him about the Mayo bench and he said look the Mayo bench has done a lot, a lot of mileage on the clock and they had the same impact as Dublin they
0: didn't I, I did say about somebody getting stuck into somebody else and <laughs> I did see it at half time you a wins the a
1: UFC fight <coughs> but you got your UFC <coughs> fight at half time
0: I did but what I didn't like was it was, it was one of the Dublin subs um, now and it, it's something that I want to put on to you a little bit here the Dublin team uh, it was very clinical to the performance the, the, the big players Cairon Kilkenny quiet first half exceptional second half he really did Brian Howard's had a, an exceptional season there was a lot of players even Conor Callaghan yeah, they got the fastest goal ever scored in an All-Ireland final 13 seconds you know talk about a disastrous start but I noticed kind of leading up the whole first half again the, the physicality that I hoped Mayo would bring didn't come at the halftime whistle, I assume there's some form of a protocol. I've watched this with most of the games. The teams don't seem to go down the tunnel at the same time. Philly McMahon headed down the tunnel with the Mayo team. Now watch the video again. He's having a pop off Killian O'Connor. He's the sledging is going on. He's giving it to Killian O'Connor. Killian O'Connor isn't reacting. He's he's stormwall concentrating. Keith Higgins seems to take offense to it and pushes Philly McMahon against the wall. And then Aidan O'Shea Weighs in with uh, Pat on the back of the head, asking them to move along um, <laughs> at, at pace. But Philly McMahon was the only Dublin player in the tunnel. There was no other Dublin players there. We would have had a 30-man brawl if there was uh, more Dublin players. And it's, it's, it's something I just want to push on a little bit because I've watched this Dublin team being lauded all week about the humility of them the brilliance of them the other thing I did notice now that's Philly McMahon and to me it's a blot in his copybook there he shouldn't have been in the tunnel well,
1: Philly, Philly is like that anyway Philly's like that on the field of play Philly the ball could be at the far end of the field and Philly be in your ear and he'd be dragging I've often seen Philly talk uh, you know he wouldn't know what he's saying but you see him out going and you see the other player kind of smiling kind of looking back at him so he's always giving digs whether what he's saying I don't know but off the field he's a pure gentleman he's doing more work on Ballymun it's ridiculous with kids and everything like that but on the field of play he is driven and he just he, he wants he wants, just, he wants to win and he'll do anything to win
0: and uh, just At the very full-time whistle as well now I'm going to say it was Paul Mannion but I'm not 100% until I look back over I should have looked back over before I blame Paul Mannion but we're going to for the purpose of this exercise we'll say it was (laughs) Paul Mannion the minute the full-time whistle went he went straight up into one of the Mayo players' faces and and started giving it to him again now I know you can be buzzed up and psyched up we've all played in big games I haven't played in an all Ireland football final by the way but we've played in big games when the full-time whistle goes you leave it on the pitch you shake hands and you walk off the field unless you know something tragic happened in the game but I, I just find it hard. To hear all the brilliant things, all oh, the Dublin team clean, clean the dressing room after the match. This type of that's nonsense. It is nonsense. Absolute. It's a complete nonsense, and that came out last year as well. And it's absolute nonsense. And it's kind of saying
1: all oh, the heroes of the Dublin, how humble they are, and they are look, they, they seem humble off the field and this, but this thing about cleaning the dressing rooms and stuff, I think it's absolutely rubbish.
0: Well, like I'll give you an example with the Dublin team, and it's it's great. Like my, our own club has that. New Zealand have it. Japan have it. Lots of teams do it, and lots of club mentors come in yeah, and do but it. Yeah,
1: I think sometimes it's nearly said. I won't. I won't say they're doing it, but are they doing it for the sake of doing it? Nearly, you know, just to put, portray this kind of humbleness and how brilliant they are about clean and dressing rooms, clean and dressing at the end of the day. Yeah, great and all that, but don't be hyping it up or don't be selling but it up on social is, media.
0: Is it a coincidence that Desi Desi Cal and RTE goes and tweets that out? Yeah. I contact. Where, where's the, Desi from? Exactly, and I think <laughs> you know it takes the attention off it, but. This is in a defensive side to the Dubs. Taggy, you were in, you were part of a golden generation of Kilkenny hurlers, probably the single greatest generation of hurlers ever amassed. You know, like you know, you've you've amassed all Ireland medals that people could only ever dream of winning. And it's just one of the things I noticed. This talk of Dublin being split in two and split in three and a professionalism in Dublin, when you were winning your All Ireland titles. Like, did it ever get to a point where you'd won All-Ireland Medal 6 or 7 or 8, where you felt the media were piling on to the fact that you were too good or dividing you up? Or Did that ever happen to you? I don't remember. There was about three things that went through
1: that era. The first two or three years when we won, we were this awesome, brilliant team and it uh, it was just sheer class that was coming out with Kenny. And then it changed and then we turned to be a kind of a dirty team and kind of a team to play on the edge and a team that are getting away with too much and we know for a fact that um, there was meetings in Croke Park and referees and they were asking how is Tommy Welch catching balls? He has to be fouling and there was a year or so that went on that they were really harping on about Tommy and JJ Delaney. The black card was nearly brought in because Kilkenny or cynical fouling off the ball this one handed tackle I remember Cork going on about it so we started off being this brilliant kind of team the two and three in a row and then people are just kind of getting sick of us on top and the media and I suppose lads maybe on the Sunday game I remember Gerlach Nan going we're too dirty and something needs to be done and then it kind of finished up with just people kind of going well look they're doing what they're doing and, and they're playing on the edge and we have to match them and that's how it finished up.
0: And I, it's, it's just like because you, you touched on it I thought Stephen Clucks speech the other day and I've, I have to say now hats off Stephen it was his birthday yesterday 39 years old winning his I think it's his 8th All-Ireland medal yeah. you know it's a phenomenal achievement and he's, he's a super guy I know I read somewhere a couple of years ago that the principal of the school he works in rang him and told him if he turned up for school the next day he was getting fired because he thought that that's the type of fella he is and look well, everyone, no, Nobody really <coughs> from a media point of view nobody really knows what he's like because he doesn't in do media interviews. No and that's it look juice him fair juice to to keep his head yeah. down and do his thing but I watched the speech and what it reminded me of was it was a very flat speech and I I, I suppose there's nobody in Crow Park and it was hard to to see it but I remember I was at the All-Ireland final uh, I'm going to say it was three or four years ago when Kilkenny beat Galway and um, Kilkenny had won, won the game it was a good old game and whatever else Kilkenny won the All-Ireland title and I, I stayed and the speeches came on afterwards and, and I you know, there was a great buzz, like we went to the bar afterwards and it was great crack and whatnot, but I remember the next day I picked up the papers and i seen stuff on Twitter about Kilkenny fans leaving just before the end of the match and, like, it was total crap. Somebody took a photograph of six fellas leaving the stadium, Kilkenny winning by four points, but that wasn't the case and I remember people saying to me, look at all the empty seats and I said, well, there was Galway people sitting there, they're hardly staying to watch Kilkenny getting presented to the Lee McCarthy Cup and I think Dublin are at risk of, of, of this type of stuff coming along. I mean, you know, there's no question or doubt about it that Dublin are getting the financial support that no other county are getting. It's 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 a hundred percent. And we can lie and we can make it great. Oh, the cleaner dressing rooms, what a super bunch of people. But is it starting to look to the players that they're not like you would Jack McCaffrey saying last week he retired because he didn't enjoy it, um he fell out of love with it. Is it starting to look like this is becoming monotonous for them did that ever happen to you or is it just starting to become monotonous for them Um. well I suppose he asked me did it happen
1: to me definitely not I think and I kind of mentioned it on the last week's podcast we kind of turned into a team or a, a panel of players that wanted to win as much when we could because we knew it was going to come to an end you know Brian Cody was telling us Lads, this is, this is going to come to an end eventually Kenny will move on we'll all move on so I think we didn't ever discuss it but I think deep down it was kind of a thing that was in our heads win as much as you can when you can and that's not a cocky statement it was just reality of we were winning semi-finals we're winning our Ireland finals and that was kind of our mantra so I know McCaffrey came out saying he wasn't in China he's a different he he seems to be a different kettle of fish you know he's a doctor actually here in town uh, he, he's living in Kilkenny as far as I know
0: Any chance he'd play football for one of us did. I'm not so sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe we get him the team. <laughs> but he, like he, he's a very kind of his own man to be fair to him and yeah, he's travelled the world I suppose, he was taking different options, he came back into the team, so his perspective on it was maybe to enjoy his life a bit more, maybe to be more career driven, I'm not too sure. From a Kilkenny point of view, any players that were kind of gone from the team are probably dropped by Brian Cody, it probably wasn't their t- decision, it was taken out of their hands. And as far as the, um, the supporters and stuff, see jealousy when you're on top is an awful thing and I think... Other counties were kind of saying, "Oh, Kilkenny, they don't even appreciate." Of course, we appreciate. We coming down there on uh, Patrick Street there, and absolutely thronged, getting messages every year, year in, year out. And as you said, it was probably the few that were probably leaving the stadium and possibly did the opposite, the opposition team, because didn't want to stay and see Kilkenny lift the cup again. So, like the Dublin I think Dublin supporters are great they go to all the football matches now they are in Crow Park most of the time it's so it's only, enough. it's only down the road but they had a game here in Kilkenny one time and they came down in their droves and it's a day out for them and they love coming out abroad
0: yeah no it's, it's, it's it is it is it is great and I think you know neither of us will, will keep harping on about it I think enough people have said about the, the funding going into the Dublin team I think it's just a case of we just have to take our hats off and say well done to them and congratulations
1: uh, absolutely Like, and you know listen to the things during the week and things like I think personally that it will come to an end eventually like they have six in a row titles like Ireland senior football titles that is crazy there's I don't know how many probably four or five if not six players on the team with eight Ireland medals so it's a phenomenal achievement and instead of looking at the negative of maybe having to split Dublin and uh, the the finances they're after to get you have to look at it and say what a brilliant team they're doing like every year are coming back every year there is was Hungary and every year there seems to be kind of more life in the team and that's probably for management making small little changes that you don't even see from year to year but after four or five years ago God he made that change a couple of years ago so you have to commemorate him super achievement and absolutely brilliant
0: no 100% Now, with the year that's in it, and and we said this the other day that we'd have a chat and talk back through some of the things, we're going to stick with the football side of it, because I'm I'm going to take the the first highlight of the year for me. Um, We're taking these highlights in no particular order, but obviously 2020, COVID aside and everything else, it is... Uh, the centenary of Bloody Sunday which was you know an awful time in Irish history Um, you know it was the GEA had big plans for commemorating the whole thing and everything else but it it obviously happened at a football match the whole incident on, on Bloody Sunday happened at a football match in Crow Park but in 1920 the All-Ireland semi-finalists were Cavan versus Dublin and Tipperary versus Mayo and I would say if you went into a betting shop last January and said you were going to have a little bet on a repeat of the 2020 All Ireland or the 1920 All Ireland semi-finals in 2020, you they wouldn't have talked the about that. have laughed you out of the shop. And for me, I think it's the most remarkable thing that happened in the year. I think it's it's eerie. You know, whether you believe in God or not, I I just think it's eerie. It's lovely, but. What, what a year. What a, what a thing to happen in, in this year that, that we have the All-Ireland semi of of 1920 repeated in 2020.
1: Yeah, uh, you're spot on, Eddie. And, you know, I'm a little bit superstitious, maybe. I'm not that religious. I have beliefs and all that, but... It's hard to believe that the that the same four were in the Ireland semi final that was in in 1920, and I think the Ireland final was actually Dublin and Tipperary, was it? Probably years, was, yeah. Years ago, yeah, and Tipperary who actually won it, I think. But it, it, it's phenomenal, and the year that I was in it, and it was just so strange. I know it COVID and all that. Would they have got through if COVID wasn't here? Like there's so many kind of uh, things outside the circle that contributed. So the two teams being in, being in there, like if, if Kerry got a back door, would they have been Munster final champions? It's just hard to know. So like you talk about COVID and even at the start of COVID, there was these films coming out and these kind of speculation that this was predicted 20 years ago and this would happen. You know, the politicians in America saying it's not going to be a war, it's going to be a pandemic that's going to do the world. So it, it, it's strange. And if you watch the actual film, there was a program, Bloody Sunday on, and uh, it was just it was heartwarming really because it was, it was about tradition, it was about the culture, it was about what happened on Bloody Sunday and next thing you have the same parent uh, playing playing that day and it was, it
0: was a bit crazy. It was cool and then, like, it's, 1920 wasn't, the 2020 version <laughs> was, but, like, Tipperary came out at the start of the year and said they were going to have a commemorative jersey for the, the mark Bloody Sunday, but, actually on the weekend of Bloody Sunday on the actual weekend now you have to remember the All-Ireland Championship should have been played in June, July, August, September so literally to the day of 1920 Tipperary played a Munster final against Cork the wear the jerseys that were worn by the Tipperary team of 1920 which was a green and white jersey it wasn't blue and gold I actually remember saying to my wife that's a nice jersey I'd nearly buy it but then it's a Tipperary right across the front of it and I said I'd have nowhere that I could wear it Um, but they wore that jersey and they had the the Cusack on the side of the jersey I think it was Michael Hogan or was it Michael Hogan or Cusack? So it was Cusack? Hogan because a yeah. <coughs> that him his face was on the side of their jersey etched into it and I just think it's it's worth pointing out obviously from Cavan did Thomas the Tank Engine and Thomas Galligan Absolute Monster and Connor Sweeney and Tipperary them two boys did as much for the county as did all the players and obviously David Power and Tip but what, what, a, what a thing to look back on. I guarantee in 20 or 30 years' time when we're looking back on the whole COVID and everything else and we're up on 20 or 20, you know, in 100 years' time again, people will look back and they'll say, imagine if we ended up with the same semi-finals again. I just think it's a, it's a moment that we should acknowledge.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. it's definitely one of the standout moments and, uh, you know, Kevin getting through, Tabrera getting through. It's a pity they probably didn't, if you come back to bring it back to sport, I suppose they're being a bit kind of uh, a bit nostalgic, nostalgic about yeah. it. You know, if you bring it back to sport, you'd like to see him do better in the semi-finals, you know. They were, they were well beaten, both teams. But uh, definitely a moment of the year and definitely... As you said about the Tipperary jersey, actually the emeralds at my own club there are green and white and I was like, just oh we love a jersey. But as you said, <laughs> you couldn't wear it too far. You couldn't even wear the farm and the brother bait me with it. But uh yeah, definitely a stand moment of the year, yeah, fantastic. No, brilliant.
0: And then just just a little bit closer to home then we we move on to another kind of a, a scenario or or another one that we'd look at. But we had three Kilkenny Club championships um played out in 2019 we three Kilkenny Club champions going forward You, had, Conaghy Shamrocks actually were beaten in the Kilkenny Junior final but you had Tullerone who won the intermediate and you had Ballyhale Shamrocks who won the senior or, uh, Conaghy went on to represent Kilkenny in the junior grade because obviously yeah uh, you couldn't have a second team so yeah. th- the three of them teams went on and in January of 2020 which feels like 35 years ago them three teams went and won all Ireland titles which was remarkable for, for Kilkenny it was a brilliant achievement
1: yeah, absolutely deadly, yeah. I think uh, first of all it probably shows you how strong the Kilkenny club scene is in Kilkenny. Um it's very hard to get out uh, of Kilkenny and uh, just on the Conaghy one I know Loxon's uh, beat them in the All Ireland or sorry in the in the county point. final and uh, they couldn't go on because they're a junior club and they the first team I have to go and represent but it's it's kind of I'd be delighted for Conaghy because you know going on and winning the All Ireland and coming back playing junior But thank God they won the the junior kind of final this year because of it. Because if they came back when they learned junior and then going back playing junior again for Kilkenny it just wouldn't make sense to me. But it'll tell you the the kind of grade that comes out of Kilkenny and actually (laughs) Welsh mentioned in his speech he said uh, if you get out of Kilkenny a learning success is close by
0: and what a speech by (laughs) by Shane Welsh to be fair. 100% and speaking of Shane Welsh, we're actually going to get Shane here on the phone for a quick chat. Thanks a million for taking our call.
2: No hassle at all. Uh, Great to be on the show I suppose.
0: What we're going to do before we start it off is we want to let you hear the last 30 seconds of the Intermediate Final as brought to you by KCLR last in January.
2: <laughs> no, oh, the He's given it and he's changed his mind. Oh, the referee
1: has overruled the linesman and the ball is now out. And he should delay this because time is up. Mickey, There's I 30 think, seconds to go and both teams deserve another half an I hour. I think you're
2: going to agree to me. It's going to be another 20 minutes to go oh here. What a
1: ball! Yeah, well, we won't have on to the, ball. End ball. the match
2: yet. I think. Uh-huh. Colorado have won it back. It's Jackyon who's onto it. Kion trying to get away from Dickie Dalton, which is hard to do. Drops it on the ground. Gets it up again. He needs options. He's found one. He's bounced. Past Pass it to Adam Talis. Talis up to the 65. Drops it, gets it up again. Tallis hits it over to the Hogan stand side where uh, Massey oh! Jones is waiting. Jones turned his man. He's inside the 65. He's up towards the 45. He slips, but he gets his pass away to John Dalton. Dalton with a hand pass over to Shane Walsh. Shane Walsh to win it. He's just outside the 45. Has he shot? Shane Walsh raises the white flag. It's total around 319. Father O'Neill's 512. One. And we've played 14 seconds oh, over the injury time. It's all over. And own who are one of the oldest clubs in the GA, have won the AIB All-Ireland Intermediate title in the most dramatic of fashion. And it was always going to be...
1: Shane, most- how are you doing? Aidan Fogarty here. Uh, just listening to that. Uh, third minute into extra time uh, to win the Ireland. By your pocket of ball. It must bring back a lot of memories.
2: Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm actually tearing up here. <laughs> Listen to it. Ah, look, that was the greatest feeling, the greatest day in the history of Tullerone, I suppose. And even a part of that, I suppose, was uh, was something amazing. Like we were so lucky there. I was just listening to uh, Mark Welsh, one of our, you say midfield that day, just talking about that. And like when you remember after that day, it was like a. Uh, do you know, like you call it, Christmas is about maybe Jesus or family, or like, like that day was all about Tullaroan hurling, and there was people coming back from America, people came back from England, people flew from Australia for that one day, and just everyone came home and you know, we've been in Ireland for two or three days, like having a session after as well, and then back. But that was uh that was such an an amazing moment.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it was. Has to be one of your your favorite moments uh, of your hurling career so far, has it?
2: Yes, it is. My favorite, my career, my life in general. I <laughs> uh, hey, there's no day there's no day will ever be something like
1: that. Yeah, in like fairness, fer- in Farristy, yeah. you you were plugging away there for for a long time, even in Kenny and are getting defeated by one point and two points. Did you think you'd ever get to that moment, or is that a thing you even think about?
2: Um, Jesus, the club I learned not necessarily. I remember Martin forward came it was maybe two or three years ago. I done training camp as in, Campo been, um. I think it was Rack Downey or Earl it was. we done training camp and he, he just told us, he goes, look, your target is not a county fine. Your target should be a club all Ireland. You have to believe in yourselves that way. If you're going to win Kilkenny, that has to your main goal. So after I suppose we won Kilkenny, well, you kind of forget, you're kind of just going through game by game. But once we got over Leinster, in terms of that Leinster, like Crow Park was going to be the dream. Like, you know, like, I know, like you played there many days right there. But for someone like myself there or the normal old club lads, we've never stepped foot on Crow Park pitch, no on a full pitch game and got to play. Like I would love to even go and just play a challenge match against Anis. Um so even getting to play in Crow Park, forgetting about even the all Ireland part of it, Crow Park was just was just out of this world. Like there wasn't that many people say at the game like that, but it felt like the place was packed, you couldn't hear lads in the line or you know like they just it just, uh,
0: it was something special. And Shane, Eddie Eddie Scally here, Shane. Shane, uh, one of the things, uh, like I was lucky enough to be at all your games this year and I, I really enjoyed them. I covered a good few of the games for KCLR and, you know, one of the things that I... I found brilliant were, and I have to, you know, I'm sure you've heard this before, but um the game, what went on in the pitch was great, but when it went on in the stands when they were handing new cups, I can only assume you had a script writer writing your speeches for you because, uh, you know, when the minute the final whistle went in the All-Ireland Final, I hit my mate and I said, I can't wait to hear what this guy said and in fairness <laughs> to you, you didn't let me down. You started off by cutting a good friend of mine in two halves there. Paul Boogie had let in five goals in an All-Ireland Final <laughs> and you weren't going to let go that slide.
2: So he
0: but the, the speech is shame that it was that oh, it, it surely wasn't off the cuff.
2: Be funny enough, right? What happened there was we—I'd never thought about anything like that. Like I'd be a job, be able to talk. Any, if you know me, I <laughs> talk. I like, get I'd talk. Idea. So coming up to that, we must. Davy was well, before the county final. Davy Bowie pulled me aside They in the wind there. The Thursday, said, you go home now. He said, "I don't want you to worry about anything about speech. Or anything. right down." or six names or something like that, and so that was like the county fight. The same, the all Ireland. I just went home and I actually brought Tommy in with me, so we ended up writing about twenty names. That kind of stuff was actually, was some of it sounds scandalous. Like if I ever attempt like, to come back up on TikTok or stuff like that, and it'd be cringing. Look, 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 at it. That's just the way it goes, or like that. But you know, you know, you're.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose on the speech, right, it was definitely one of our standout moments. I thought it was absolutely epic. You get one chance at it, and uh, in fairness, you took it by the scruff for the neck. Did you get a raise by Michael Ng Motors for promoting the so much or what? <laughs> in God so I got like that
2: would be now our main time of the year. They gave, me, they gave me loads of days off, and I went back myself, because I was so broke from the couple of, <laughs> the couple of days after the year. No one was biting me, biting all like that. <laughs> that that didn't happen. I do remember going up to that. Uh, you know, I went up uh, John O'Matney's name. He's a carpenter, but he hired a few to the wrong. But I remember going up to like I. I must have had no money in me pocket this age. And I just went up to him and said, "John, you you haven't bought me a drink yet tonight. You wait by me <laughs> a drink." And two of are last wheel shots or something up at the bar. But I remember that, I boy. There was of people buying you drink, and right, like was none of them uh, rewards. He would fairly bring you back down to
1: your level I suppose that you got back to on <laughs> well in fairness you enjoyed yourself I think I've seen shaved heads I've seen uh, <laughs> I've seen purple heads and everything and about, look you've, you've, you've nearly done it all um, you scored a point in an Ireland final bringing on an Ireland success uh, what's the story with TikTok Shane are you going to be a TikTok sensation or are, you to, are you going into the TikTok house you're, 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 you're gaining um, some support on that
2: I see a bit of that, no, no. I stay away from all of that, though. I, I do the autumn clips like that, but I'm trying to get away from that kind of side of things I suppose now. Um, try four, focus, maybe go back in and try to get a bit of form back on. Hurling now will be the the next kind of aim. And try to get myself going when We go try to win a senior with Tullerone. So that's my aim now. Go win a senior championship with Tullerone and be up there with the likes of my father and Liam John and all. And then we can call ourselves the great of Tullerone.
0: And no one will ever tell us otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. Shane, before we let you go, uh, there, there, there was one thing myself and Taggy were talking about uh, last week, was your sister Grace's performance in the All-Ireland Final in the Camogie. She, she she, gave an exhibition in Crow Park, to be fair to her. But it was one of the points that I'd said to Taggy, because it it does feel like it was three year ago that you won the Intermediate, but I'd said it to Taggy, like the, 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 the four boys were involved in the told her own team and then Grace your sister obviously was involved in the Kenny is there is there any other waltz at home is it the five E in the family and have you won all Ireland medals in 2020
2: yes all of us have yeah yeah answer we were so lucky it was pretty for Grace she probably suffered the worst of the was in terms of you know, losing all Ireland and different things like that she was after being a part of it's anyone that come over and back in 2016 and she, you know yourself and Tag you know it if you don't play in an All-Ireland final and still win it, it, it doesn't really feel the same. Now, maybe you don't. know, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't I'm, not, I'm not fully sure. But I played, like, I would have been part of a Kieran team that won an All-Ireland where I was a sub and never came on. It's not really the same. So even that time, I remember after she won the All-Ireland, as much as you're happy for the team, on a personal level, you're sad. So for her to win that All-Ireland and then for the performance she gave uh, was just unbelievable. I was delighted for her. Like, she... I've never seen someone so happy or mean something to someone in my whole entire life like. It was really it was nice. It was nice for the parent, like like even I seen his video there, like if you watch the interview after the RT, Grace speaks about her brother Martin crying. She's like, Oh Martin's probably crying at home there now, but Martin's wife was actually videoing him at the time, watching interview and here he was crying and we're not <laughs> watching her talking like that's just so it does it it was very special for when it's
1: um, for her family, I suppose, just because she had suffered like she will have the storm, but then she played three years and lost them. So for her to go in and then the, the performance she gave was excellent. Yeah, uh, she Look, you talk about emotion there, and you talk about you know you know re- ringing them and and he crying and all that. And an Ireland final days I think, it, it's something different. It's it kind of brings you said a parish together. I know our Brother Damien Brennan was involved with GD the year before, and unfortunately he passed away. Would you yep. have used? his influence would you have talked about him during the year was was he an influence on our Ireland final day you know would, would he have given it that motivation
2: well I, I genuinely believe this Um, I watched I'm not sure if, you, if you're if you into any sports shows or anything like that so I watched a program called Last Chance You. I'm not sure if you ever heard of it. the American football yeah. team Um, so I enjoy them kind, of, them kind of documentary kind of things but it's basically about a football team that was just at the very end of the train, they all go down on one knee, they put arms around each other, and they all pray. Um, at the start of the year, we, we just, for previous years, we've probably been one of the best teams in Kenya, but we didn't get any. From and we used to pray to him. Um, every, after every single train, we got down on one knee and we prayed on Hail Mary and our father's day. I genuinely believe the whole way up to um, maybe the Tomstown game and even that small thing like a sideline goal the way turn in that last piece sideline being turned. Um, like I believe that was Brother Damien in front because it was all the well way and it was supposed to end the way it ended. But I believe he looked down and gave us that bit of luck. Um, and we did. We spoke about him throughout the year. Look, he is, you know him, tell yourself, he is a phenomenal man. And um I would say we maybe even we are probably feeling the effects. I would definitely feel um in my own kind of performance thing I used to like go in him he tell you straight up he he'd get you back to your comfort how someone like him was uh it that makes just saw that uh, i I felt that we really we needed that, and he was he was in our hour of need he was there for us no. Nope.
0: 100% Shane and from from myself and Taggy first and foremost thanks a million for taking our call today and I would just like to say you know we're very very proud of what you've achieved in Tullerone and what your sister has achieved on the field of play and I'm sure your parents must be absolutely thrilled to have, have five kids with all medals and, and, and complete and utter you know people that anybody in your parish can look up to all five of you so thanks a million Shane and, and a happy Christmas to the whole lot of you there
2: Thanks Eddie Th- Thanks Taggy Thanks same to you boys Happy
0: Christmas That was of course Shane Walsh joining us there Taggy he's a character in a bit yeah, um, I think the GM
1: needs more lads like Shane. Uh, he's, uh, and he's a pure gentleman, and he's, he's just great crack, but takes his hurling very, very serious. You know, he, he, he lo- as all the Welchers do, and all people in Tullerone and in Kilkenny, but he is, uh, he's an absolute gent. He's just genuine, he's honest, and uh, yeah, he's a bit of
0: crack as well. He's a great bit of crack, and, and anyone that doesn't know that Intermediate final, he scored 10 points in the all Ireland final. He scored five from freeze and five from play. Like... He actually, I think he got man of the match. He gave an absolute exhibition and the score he got, I would recommend anyone to go on to Google and, and bring up that Intermediate All-Ireland Final for Tullerone and actually look at that last minute. He was out and this was no gimme. It was an absolute dream of a score and I kind of seen it when it fell into his hand. I said, Jesus the form he's in it's it's the one lad you wanted and bang split the posts
1: Yeah definitely and like everyone goes to Tullerone they talk about Park and they talk about you know even Tommy Still and all that Shane Walsh has been their go-to forward even this year he got a goal on nothing there I think it was, it was in the quarter final stage but he was their go-to man brought him out the field he was dragging Tullerone through a lot of games I felt and uh, he, no he was underrated and I know he was in training with Kenny as well Um, but that score in the Ireland final as you said it was off his left on the sideline I can just picture it and I just float over and he deserved it
0: No he definitely did and look it's a bonus that he's got such a character go, to go with it, it just, it's just a bonus because he's the type of fella you can latch onto and, and you know it's, it's super but speaking of latching onto things from the year I, I just want to throw a couple of moments at you and I want you to give me your take on it um, first one that springs to mind straight away uh, Richie Hogan's gold what yeah. do you think? Talk me through with Tag. How how would Tag have you done it? Look, I would have probably put it in the top corner, uh, Eddie, to be <laughs> fair,
1: you know, so i uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have even got my hands on it. Um in fairness, Richie changed the game anyway when he came on. Uh, we probably we probably wouldn't have beaten um probably wouldn't have Beaten Galway. Galway at the time, th- yeah, Galway. That's probably, yeah. Galway at the time, and he changed the whole thing. But the, um, the absolute class, the awareness, and the the finish of it was just spectacular. I thought, and uh, it was the changing moment of the game. And as I said we wouldn't have won the Leinster final only for it.
0: Was there? There was no other goal in the championship that you could compare. Like there was, you know, if there was, if there was the goal of the year, and we're not being biased on this. Like if it was, if there was a vote for the goal of the year. That was it. That was it, yeah. And I suppose goals in the Championship this year has been low anyway. Maybe that's because
1: of the way Limerick play and things. But uh, no other standout goal, to be fair. No other standout score, really. Um, maybe Tony Kenley, maybe once or twice. But uh, Richie's goal. And it was just the way he just tapped it in. It was like as if he was down below in Dane's Fort poking around with his friends and he just flicked it over the line. And he didn't even try too hard to even get it over the line. He just kind of flicked it, knew the momentum to give it. And I suppose people don't realise in a massive game like that, I know there was no crowd there and all that, but in a massive game like that, it, there's emotion, there's adrenaline, there's things you do that you don't normally do, but he was just cool, he was calm, he was collective and I suppose that will get an experience and to come off the bench and do that as well shows the confidence because usually when you're not starting, maybe your confidence might be down low a bit and you might take an old pint instead of going for a goal. He went for it.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was a thing of beauty and just, just, just on the whole 2020 thing as well, a couple of your own ex-teammates they had remarkable years. Um, it's it's very easy to forget what went on in in January because it's been such a crap year. But your own fellow teammate, I know, there's not enough superlatives to describe him as a person and a player. But Henry Shefflin, you know, he he went and won back to back All Ireland titles with his club Ballyhill Shamrocks. Um, what would you make of that? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh,
1: these lads are doing things
0: behind the scenes that uh, are kind of phenomenal.
1: Um, Henry goes into his first two years in training and wins two All Irelands with his club Ballyhill albeit Ballyhale are a great team, but he still had to do it. And to do it two years in a row, back to back, that's a serious, serious achievement. And, you know, it, it is easy to forget. We're at the end of the year. It's easy just to go back over the last couple of months. But this happened back in January, February, March, back in the early, early days. And he's gone from Ballyhale now. I th- I'm pretty sure he's going to Thomastown. Um, but it was, it was it was serious. And Henry, he's a shrewd, shrewd character. And i probably say he might be going for bigger things. But, you know, Ballyhale... Thomas Downoy down the road he's keeping it local he's a massive family he, I think he's got five kids you know so he's not taking on too much Um, but a uh, serious achievement and as we reflect on Henry you have to mention uh, David Herity um, he's probably below the, the ranks altogether he's doing uh, great work with Dublin Camogie team he did great work with Kula you know he, he was one of the, the main men up there apparently uh, behind the scenes and obviously the Chris in couple with Kildare yeah,
0: That was like it's a remarkable achievement and, and Kildare just on the Henry thing as well like Henry has gone two years without losing a knockout championship match. He's putting that all on the line this year with Thomastown. If he goes there, for, but I won't wish uh, any bad luck on him. I'd obviously love to see Thomastown win that intermediate title, but or Gorn, Um But hopefully, hopefully one of them will do it. And then David hurty like what he's done at Kildare, I I was stunned. Kildare are very lucky to have David Heresy again in twenty twenty one. I I was stunned that he stuck there for another year because yeah. I, did, I mean, did you think
1: he was going to go somewhere else? Someone else is kind of pick him up, or <laughs> it would, like without
0: being disrespectful to Kildare and I and I and I wouldn't be disrespectful to Kildare, it's just, I, I'd like to think when you're on the ladder that if you're moving upwards, that you keep going upwards, unless it's the affiliation to your own club or your own county, but, you know, Carlow are now without a, a senior hurling manager and I, I, I genuinely felt that David Herty would be absolutely... No, he might still be, I don't know, is he committed to Kildare yet, but be, it would be brilliant to have him there as um, the Carlo manager. And I know Leash have now reappointed Cheddar Plunkett in there and obviously Cheddar is a Leash man and he's very good as well. But, you know, I would have thought David Hurley could have stepped into that role either. But, you know, I'm not pushing him out with Kildare. He obviously enjoys his hurling there too.
1: Yeah, no, he does enjoy his hurling there, yeah. Um, I, I think he's only there one year with Kildare. So I think, you know, winning, winning the uh, Ireland and then moving on straight away would possibly be, be a bit unfair even to the team. Um, You know, just I think just give it another year, give it another year or two. Um, he will go up through the ranks. He's very passionate about hurling. He's a very good trainer. You know I did a few uh, gigs with him there. He's, he, he's a very good trainer. Um, he's motivated. And if you know David off the field, like you nearly think he's a bit of a waster, you know. He comes across. He's he's like Shane Welch I suppose. He's good crack, you know. You think he, you think there's nearly there's no substance to him, you know, that kind of way. But by God, he's a different man. Uh, when when he's uh, training teams and he's very very driven, you know. And he was in Dublin and he's back home now teaching in uh, tomstown Tom It is actually, yeah.
0: yeah. no, it's 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 super for David. And in fairness to him, he like he cut his teeth management with the Dublin Camogie team, and he's done very very well with them. He's moved on up through into Kildare, and look, we don't know where his career is going to take him, but you know he's had some success everywhere and kind of speaking of Camogie another former teammate of yours Brian Dowling had his first year as the Chief you know he was there last year as a selector but he came in as the Chief this year and you know Talk about that for a baptism of fire and, and a year to, to remember.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it, it was unreal, yeah. I, think, I suppose he was coming in nearly under pressure, you know. um Especially when he made it to the All-Ireland final because losing four All-Irelands, you know, that, that would have been the headline, you know. he don't get over the line again. Now, he was involved last year but more kind of in a selector role as far as I'm aware. Um, you know, he was, he was manager this year. So... I feel as a manager you have to make your own imprint you have to bring your own kind of style to it and I think he done that I think he bought in youth um, mixed with a bit of experience some of that was forced because some of the girls didn't go back to later on but he, he, he they bought into him he could see how passionate he was after the game his celebrations and um did a, did a really, really great job.
0: Yeah, and I think just just when you're on that one, I think what we're going to do, I'm going to get Claire Phelan on the phone to have a chat with us as well. Claire was full back for Kilkenny all year. And, you know, by 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 anyone I've spoken to and any the games that I got to see myself from Kilkenny, and then anyone I spoke to on the games I wasn't there, she was probably one of the standout players for them for the year. Yeah, absolutely. Claire's been solid uh, for, for a couple of years in there
1: and probably an underrated hurler, which I love them hurlers because. I was underrated, probably. <laughs> I'll just say it out there. Um, so I, I love them, kind of. that come in under under the cash, um, not made a whole lot about it, but just do their job. And Claire's been doing it all year.
0: No, it's it's phenomenal. Poor Taggy Fogarty, the underrated yeah. nine-time All Ireland winner. Taggy Fogarty, <laughs> look, we'll take Claire on the phone there now. Claire, we and Tag, we were chatting earlier. We were just chatting to Shane Walsh actually a couple of minutes ago, and we were just talking about different moments in the year and different highlights throughout the year. And you know, one of the standouts highlights of the year for us this year was obviously your, your, your miraculous um, win in the, in the All-Ireland final it was, it, was, it was a long time coming you've had a tough couple of years but it must be absolutely fantastic to get that monkey off your back and get that All-Ireland medal back in your pocket again
3: Yeah look sure I suppose it was a long few years there we're, we're knocking at the door for a while but with everything going on at the moment it was special but for us it made it extra special just been so close I suppose yeah, for the last few years and finally make that breakthrough, I suppose, was a big thing. But it's one we'll, we'll definitely remember for a long, long time to come.
1: Yeah, Claire, we talk about monkeys uh, off the back and all that. Was it a thing that it was hanging over you or did you even talk about it? You know, I know there was, there was younger, there was youth there as well, but the older girls were there for a while maybe. Was it a thing you discussed? Was it a thing you used as motivation? Or did you just say every game is different and every other is different? Yeah,
3: well... In fairness to Brian, I think he kind of left it open to ourselves. It it was discussed at the start of the year. We had a meeting and, look, there was a lot trashed about, I suppose, at that. But for some of us, it might have been a motivating factor. Some of us have been there a long time. But definitely the freshness of the younger girls coming in who hadn't been through it all, I suppose, and just had one thing on their mind, and that was to get to Coke Park and win themselves an All-Ireland medal, Probably, probably made it that bit easier for us. But for for some, I suppose it was a motivating factor, and it was spoken about because I don't think you can really just ignore it. No matter what you do, you need to speak about it at some point. So it was a bit of both, I suppose. But the younger girls definitely brought that freshness as well. I think.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Brian the uh, There, obviously, the manager and. I suppose you, you were going to the Ireland you know, nearly every year and coming up short and I believe something has to change nearly every year because if you don't do the the the, the success in one year something has to change and was there anything that change during the year? Did Brian bring anything different? Was it a mentality thing? Did, like the training anything train, change in training? Did, did anything out of the ordinary happen this year or not so more for last year's? Um, Not
3: hugely. In fairness, Brian and Anne they were great together um last year when they were there. But I suppose Brian did bring in a few new faces. Um he brought in Pat O'Neill there and Philly Larkin and as a back I suppose I thought that was brilliant. Sometimes sometimes we might find the focus is more on the forward. So it was brilliant to have a voice there to drive us on a bit more and give us that bit of bite, I suppose. Um but look he anything we asked for was given to us. In fairness to Brian he did absolutely everything he possibly could. Um, to get us over the line. But those few new voices and faces maybe brought a little something as well, I think.
0: No, fair enough. And it's, it's, it's a fair point that you make, Claire. Myself and Taggy as both corner forwards at different standards. We believe that all focus and training should be on <laughs> the forwards. But uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a
1: forwards game. This is
0: it. We'll, we'll take you as a full-back <laughs> that you're going to have a bit of a problem with that. But uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm only joking. But 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 for, for you yourself, Claire, um Earlier earlier this month we we brought Kate Kelly on to have a chat with myself and Taggy and you know both of us would see Kate as and I'm sure you'd agree with me when I say it as one of the greatest Camogie yeah. players of all time. Um, you know, she'd be she'd be up there with the Downies and whatnot. But when we spoke to to Kate about the Kilkenny Camogie team, the player that she earmarked to us as the one to watch, the one that she felt was underrated and the one that she felt was having the year of her life was Claire Feeling. Um she she just thought that it was you know, she felt that over the last number of years you've been playing extremely well. But she said this year she just she thought that you brought your game to another level. Um I suppose I've two sides to the question. Number one is did you change anything yourself personally in your own training and your own makeup? And secondly, in the matches themselves was was it was it the coaching of Pat O'Neill or Philly Larkin that kinda I don't know, did it change how you played yourself on the field a little bit? Yeah,
1: well
3: your first one there I don't know now if I'd agree fully with Kate anyway, but look I'll take it. Um but um I think for myself, the the actual break did me a huge amount good um, over, I suppose, the lockdown and that and just getting back to the club for a while. Um, We were playing league just before the week before um, things totally shut down in March. We played a league match um, against Cork and I didn't have a good day at all myself. But I think the break did a lot of us a huge amount of Good, because we've been on the road for a while, and you know, sometimes for myself anyway, just a step away, maybe to get to club for a while and to relax a bit did me a bit of good anyway, personally. Um, and the likes of Philly and um, Pat definitely, uh, I really, I really bought into what they were bringing to trainings and that, um, just. In terms of, I think, Pat O'Neill, definitely he he put a bit of bite into us. He, he was making sure none of us were given one inch any of the forwards. And look, that benefited both, I think, the backs and the forwards, because they were getting as tougher as they were going to get in any match. So both, both of those things probably would have had a big influence for myself. And I'd say a lot of the girls might have been in the same boat. But look, it was the whole collective thing, I think, this year. Everyone just bought into it. Whatever Brian was saying and the lads were saying, and it worked out for us in the end, I suppose.
1: Yeah, um, Claire, it's definitely something I noticed um, in the back's performance in on the day was that you were just so kind of tigerish. Um, you're kind of playing on the edge and you know that is the way Pat O'Neill and that is the way Philly Larkin used to play you know Philly Philly before he, he was dangerous at times and you often, talk about, <laughs> you often talk about forwards coaches but you never really hear anything about backs coaches and the way the game has changed for men and for women like backs coaches is obviously just as important and I felt you won that game in the first 15 minutes of the first half by really shoveling into Galway and saying that we're not going to back down here today
3: yeah and I suppose they kind of encourage us to back ourselves a bit. You know, there was a lot of times it was kind of just win your own battle and trust that you're good enough. I suppose to win that battle, and I think against Cork and Galway, that worked out for us. Everyone, whoever they were on, they won that battle, and collectively it kind of came together. Then after that, but like you said, um, Philly and Pat, they're they're two of the best that were played. in in those positions so they're always going to bring something good to our game and that did I think you could definitely see it a change anyway maybe from the last few few years but um, definitely it stood to us having them in there with us for the year
0: and Claire, will you allow yourself to winter well now and enjoy, enjoy your Christmas and kick back the feet and relax? Or, you know, the announcement was made for the Hurling anyway that the leagues are going to start in February. So I assume the Camogie is going to be starting back up in February or March. You know, what's, what's your own? I'm, I'm sure you're hungry now to go and, uh, and win another All-Ireland. You don't want to just stop at this one. You want to go and win it back. So wh- what's the next four or five weeks going to be like for Claire? Yeah, uh, well,
3: I think you have to enjoy some of it as well. I'll, I'll take a break a few weeks anyway and enjoy the Christmas at home with the family and that but um, I suppose we'll just wait here I'm I'm not actually sure exactly what way the camogie is going to be if it's going to change as well but um, it'll be starting I suppose back up in late January February but um, I always think a break is important anyway so I'll be taking a few weeks definitely to chill out and maybe watch the match back and start with a bit of confidence again then next
0: year no and it'd be, it'd be the right way to go the only thing the thing I'll leave with you on and it's just kind of a question of it I, I'm sure you enjoyed yourselves in the Red Cow um, the night the night of the, the final it's it's a bittersweet thing that we, we didn't get to experience you girls on the rampage for two or three days after your your, your success is, is is that postponed now or do you think do you think we'll, will there be a party in a couple of months if all this COVID passes on will there be an opportunity to bring the cup back and have a proper party Claire? you're hardly going to let that slip away <laughs>
3: Oh, God, no. Well, I hope so. Uh, all of us hope so anyway. But look, it, it was very different and a lot of us were saying, I suppose. Pity the one year we, we won it, none of our families could be there. But it was kind of special in a way as well. We got to, you know, it was just the team and just players. And like you said, in the Red Cow, we got to kind of chat ourselves, whereas usually your meet and family and different people that are there so it was nice in that way too but definitely without a doubt we'll be looking forward to sometime in the future when we can celebrated properly
0: I suppose and myself and Taggy will look forward to that day with, with
1: <laughs> Eddie's <laughs> trying to sniff out of a party here somewhere so <laughs> <laughs> with,
0: with camogie girls, no so. no if there's a party Taggy we can go like there's <laughs> no party without Taggy right? <laughs> but it clear listen for myself and Taggy and all the like Casey Laura and the Clash Act just you know congratulations again to you and, and the team and your management team and Thanks look, we then. hope you have a brilliant Christmas okay
3: Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks, Claire.
1: Congratulations.
0: That was, all of course. Was uh, see you, Claire. That's, of Thank you. Bye bye.
1: And that's Claire feeling super girl. Yeah, super. Yeah, I like the way she said it, but We all need a break, and I think that break she's going to just relax and enjoy herself, uh, and rightly so. And uh, yeah, has been a super year. As I said, backs don't get plaudits a lot of the
0: time, but she deserves them. No, definitely, but they're that that whole group. Anyway, you know, I've said it to you so many times, but they're, they're just they're just brilliant role models. You know, to to keep doing what they're doing. Um, I know Claire's teaching away in the school there, and I can guarantee you There's a bunch of little national school children now looking up to their uh, Miss Feeling and and saying, "Look at this woman!" And I bet you they got some kick out of seeing her in Crow Park on the TV, albeit. But it's it's wonderful to have it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what you said. Like this is you talk about the Kenyan team before. Like this is how you build culture. This is how you get girls out playing camogie or you know kids out playing once they see success, if they see you on telly and then they see you in your classroom going around with a cop or whatever the case may be, obviously not the issue with COVID and all that, but it kind of brings reality home and they become people's idols at a young age, and that, that's how the county gets better
0: a hundred percent the that's the, the second last thing we're going to talk about before we cut off was earlier in the week we were emailing back and forth and we were saying you know what will we cover on it today and we said you know we look at the highlights of the year and uh, and stuff and the highlight that you put up as one of the highlights for the whole year I'm going to come to next um which was in fairness I'm going to come to after this, but it, it was in fairness the fact that we got to play, but one of the highlights that the, what the two of us had agreed on and it's kind of more from a humor. Side of things is a lot of games got streamed, Um, so we ended up with a scenario where club championship matches were being streamed live back now. I can tell you of unnamed clubs, I'm not saying my club did it, of, of clubs <laughs> arriving to pitches with lads in boots of cars, and you know, this is it, you know, and it was great crack, but one of the ones that the the commentaries because there were so many games being streamed live like I mean I was getting text messages asking me will I commentate in a game I'm sure you were getting the same (laughs) I got a few gigs over to be fair uh, everyone was happy to do that bit 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 of fun on it but some of the commentaries that came <laughs> in on the yoke were absolutely brilliant. Like, kids yeah. will look back on this in 20 or 30 years' time and say, what were these maniacs at? It so like, um, it's like the commentary of
1: 20 years ago. Uh, it was Aherlow. We were playing in a football county final and a man uh, commentating, I don't know his name, I don't know where he was from, well, he's from Aherlow anyway, but I think he was dying of a hangover and he was calling out lads. He didn't ask know lads' names. All he knew was Big John's name a full forward and every time he got the ball he was like, Big John, by Big John. That's all he knew, but... It was absolutely it was amazing, but what I will say right with the live stream and I, now I done four games it was, and I was no <laughs> I was no spring chicken myself. To be fair, right? But you're on your own and talking for an hour to an hour and a half on your own without knocking ideas off someone is a hard hard gig to do. It,
0: it definitely is. Uh, like if you go down the route of that man that commentated on the Arlo versus Air Oganina, <laughs> uh, that's the 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 Junior B football final I think it was in North Tipperary or something <laughs> like that. But you a few Jemisons into him and in away he went and he the bear was another one and I remember him saying <laughs> don't <bear>. shoot and, <laughs> yeah. you know this type <laughs> so, of stuff. so what
1: the hell is his name I think but, but like
0: we we played we played Greg in one of the games and they got one of the lads from our club um, and one of the lads from Greg to share the commentary mm. and um, I just remember one of them putting up with Greg got a point it was late in the game and we were well clear but they got a point and our commentator we'll say the Blacks and Whites commentator uh, Bruno Clare, he said to your man Jesus could you a back coming here now I think we're winning by 11 points it's about a minute to go and your man said no Bruno Bruno the, the water is coming well in over the wellies now <laughs> and, and I, I was going home that evening in the car and I heard it and I was bent into laughing kind of saying you know what in the name of God was going on there you know it was just it was just hilarious and I'm sure there was antidote to that all over Ireland that people got great fun over it and great laughs over it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, your man's F and Eddie, actually. That, that was the Aherlow Aero game. But um, yeah, you talk about one liners, and I was just waiting for it. And I, I don't know what game it was. I, think, I don't know what it was like game, but it was like, get up in there, man. He hasn't got COVID, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, this, this is the, the one liners that were coming over. But I thought it kind of fed into the whole. Um, club kind of uh, unprofessional kind of you know that kind of a, a, a enjoyment kind of aspect of it and as you said there's probably players' brothers or players' uncles commentating on the game uh, and they're very very one-sided they'd be saying that's no feckin' free like and then, then they cop on they're actually still on air and they back up a little bit but I thought it hilarious and there's actually a few very good commentaries I know John Tennyson done one with Carrick Shock they did Carrick Shock games he was actually very good and that's a comment with John there if he's listening but you know, I, I thought it was brilliant and I just kind of fed in, right, we're having a bit of crack here. Yeah, we all take the club scene serious, but we can have a bit of crack along the way.
0: It brought the romance back. It yeah. did, you know, and, and it gave, for me anyway, it gave the club championships the profile it deserved because I know for a fact there was games that you would have went out and played for Emeralds, that we would have went out and played with blacks and whites and that there was three, four, five hundred people at home live streaming our matches to go and watch because they couldn't be there and they got, an hour and fifteen minutes, or an hour and a half of of entertainment from it. Now that brings me on nicely to 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 the main point that you had said when I when I had asked you first. You know what would you say was the real highlights of the year? Your answer to me was the fact that we got to play.
1: Yeah. Um. Look, if you're looking back, uh, through 2020, uh, the standout thing is COVID. But um, I think when the GEA made the decision in conjunction with you know the the rules and regulations to play the club championship, um, for the first two or three weeks. I was hearing it won't happen, it won't happen, we can't do it, and it turned out to be, in my opinion, one of the best club championships in Kilkenny and in Ireland. Um, everyone that I could see enjoyed it, enjoyed the structure. We had three months, yeah, right. Everybody was at home because of different uh, scenarios; they couldn't work uh, outside of of Ireland, and they were at home and in their in their houses anyway. Um. But the whole three months together thing and it was all club focused and even we talked about live commentary that bought into it as well because if you know a game is going to be streamed you know there's going to be a couple of extra hundred people going to be watching it and I think the streaming thing is actually going to like phones and technology it's so easy to record a bit of live commentary now. But yeah my moment of the year was the decision to play to play the the club championship and the fact that we got a run off got played it was successful Um, managers the players have to be commended and um, the risks that we didn't even know that are risks like back when this was kind of said we'll do it really there was still a fear factor there and really we didn't know what the disease was or still is at, at the time but we said we're going to put our backs again the wall linesmen referees all bought into it and got ran off and there was nothing really there was no upsets as far as I know there was no real upsets everyone was delighted to see the club going through and then we got the county played off and the first two, three beats the county was on. We said, "Oh, we'll never get it played," and here we are with two hurling finalists.
0: Yeah, and it's it, like it's it's something that can be understated, and it, it was something that got me thinking when I read the the, the message that you sent back to me. But <clears throat> like you look at you look at the the club games that were played off. I remember. Early in stages, we were allowed to train in pods of 15, but the GA pitch wasn't open yet. And and I remember one of the local farmers up by us saying, look, I have a level patch of a field in the corner. And at the time, it was only six that could train together. So we decided to go up in sixes. So that was a coach plus five players. But when you have a panel of 40 players, that's, you know, that could be a six hour day trying to get training sessions done. But I I, I, I just thought from, and I can only speak from our own club, I just Todd, and it's this, I know it happened in every single club in Ireland, but the numbers in the field training increased, I think, incrementally across all clubs. But the community spirit, I remember early in COVID with elderly people at home and houses and and people, you know, organising for the grocery shop to be getting done for them. The Different things like that, people calling in on elderly neighbours to check and see how they are. And it was, for me, it brought back, sometimes people forget how how good the GEA is in a community. I think it can be forgotten when you hear about all the rugby and all of the other sports coming in, but what the GEA is is a community outlet for people. It's a, it's an amateur an amateur sport played by amateurs, but it's also the, the centre point, the focal point of many, many rural communities in Ireland. And I think this year, more than ever in my lifetime, I got to see what it meant to be part of a club. Like, I'm, I'm a blow-in down here in Kilkenny, but to be part of a club during these really tough times it got me through it and I think I, I really do mean this when I say it I think you can't applaud the players and particularly the county players right now that managed to play off that the sacrifices these people had to make to pull it off and it's very easy to say oh they won this or they won that tag you were winning all Ireland medals in front of 85,000 people the, the, the sure buzz of getting to get to that but to get to an all Ireland final to play in front of nobody you know these lads done it purely for the love of the club love of the county and and, and, and I just think we couldn't applaud them enough. When you think about it, like...
1: Yeah, when, when you actually sit down and think about it, and, you know, we always said the club is number one, and you hit the nail on the head... Um you could said spirit and community spirit and I think in these times yeah it can be nostalgic and all that but it is about spirit and I think this year the club's got a real revival and a real rejuvenation into them that probably wouldn't have happened other years because it was kind of being left behind a little bit behind the county scenes it was all about the money it was about county players and, and that's grand That's that's the way it was but this year for me Kind of revive the club, and for once, it was actually we'll play the club championship maybe next year. Or the club championship is is important, and we have to put it into prospect of if the club goes, inter county scene could could fade away as well, and and the level. But as you said, the players and what they, what they risked even this year, like who knew there could be gone home to parents, elderly, sick, but they just did it and did it with no
0: complaints. They did, and 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 to be fair, you know, there's been no big cases linked back to the GEA, there's been no big cases linked back to the county championships but I can assure you from talking to people in our own parishes around I know there was an awful lot. A million people tuned in this week. I think 900,000 tuned in last week and that's not counting the ladies football and the Camogie finals. I can assure you that about 1.5 million people were entertained over the last two weekends alone eh, f- during this COVID time and, and and all through the championship. So I think it's a fair point that we kind of would finish on, on, on the standout points of the year to say that the fact that we managed to get a GAA championship at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, the bit like, <laughs> we players never, but the elderly and people I didn't realise actually I played with Kenny for whatever 12-13 years and it wasn't until I actually kind of came outside the bubble I realised how passionate how engrossed people are in the G A, in following their teams in supporting them they played for the club and then support their support the club and for people at home it was the only thing that was keeping them going I was out and about working I wasn't too bad but everyone I met it was talking about hurling. It was talking about club. It was talking about how was training going. How are you training? And t- it was it was phenomenal. And you said you went to the pockets of five. We went to a bog one day. You know, five or six of us for a run around. Uh, I went to a bog because it, it was easy on the legs, so I wouldn't get sore legs. It was, <laughs> it was for my age, more so for the young lads. But just the smallest things, and we always kind of say enjoy the small things. That's what makes life. And for me, that was made this
0: this year great. Before we finish up for the for the day on this one tag, um. what's your plan now for the next couple of weeks uh, like will you... Will you kick back? I hope you're going to tell me you're going to kick back and really winter well and enjoy it and try and put on a little bit of weight, a good bit of weight, hopefully. Um, and uh, like you're you're 39 now, is it? 39 next year, unfortunately, yeah.
1: Thanks so for a, that. No, out.
0: you're a year younger than Stephen Cluxton, who's still playing in goal for the Dublin Senior Football Team. <laughs> and every week that we chat, you will be going on about your sore legs and all. That. I just but that's the reason I'm putting it in there. Stephen Cluxton's a year older than you, and uh, you're playing goal though no Eddie, right? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, Tag. I don't know, but like the two questions is is the winter going to be a nice, handy Christmas bit of crack? Yeah. Or? Uh, I Absolutely, yeah.
1: Look, I, I've relaxed so much since I, I came out of the scene. You know, for the first two or three years when I came out, I nearly felt under pressure to kind of play well for me club. But i am gone to a whole new different level. i am gone to enjoy myself. Um, yeah, I look after myself. It's, it's probably routine more so. I enjoy going to the gym and all that. But that's just routine over the years. And uh, I'll stay doing it. But I, like, life is about balance. And probably when I was playing, I didn't have the proper balance. I was too engrossed in nearly hurling. But now it's enjoy myself. Uh, yeah, when the time comes, um, you know take it serious and play club that's even if I go back that's that's the stage i'm at i have no Grawford now but i know in the summer's even uh, when the grass gets a, a little bit shorter and and the ground gets harder i get a little bit of Grawford. and not too bad with injury wise either so look as long as i'm contributing to the team I might go back.
0: Well, I can, I can what's tell your, you. What's your plan, Eddie? Uh, my plan is to enjoy like I have done every Christmas for the last yeah. 10 years. I, I'll enjoy it. I'm a lot older than you know, Tag, so I'm, I'm a lot more relaxed, so I will enjoy it. I know, but still, look, you have to kind
1: of, I like to kind of, I won't say set goals, but I like to kind of say, right, I'm going to have something kind of maybe to look forward to next year like or something to kind of focus on.
0: Well, the one thing that I'd be worried about is if, like, this talk of Taggy retiring and not going back would ruin the clash act going forward. But what I need to see is a junior championship quarter final between the Emeralds and the Blacks and Whites. So we need to see. We do, and we have a podcast the I'd day before us. No,
1: I'd say we'd have one million anyway. Look at <laughs> it, am streaming with a well, F and Eddie maybe.
0: I don't know. I, I do know one thing is that the, the day before the, the podcast before it'll be great crack. The podcast after <laughs> I, I, it'll be one I, of I us. I want here. to
1: say, yeah, might have been for the podcast <laughs> after.
0: <laughs> no, but Tag, look, happy Christmas. It's been a pleasure yeah. doing this with you for the last number of weeks, and I really look forward to doing it again in the new year. Absolutely, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Happy Christmas. Have a great great one and we'll chat in the new year that's all for myself and Taggy for 2020 the clash act for 2020 we're looking forward to getting back into it in 2021 and fingers crossed we'll, we'll all get through Christmas safe and healthy and best of luck to the whole lot of you You've been listening to the Clash Act podcast with Scoreline.ie. If you like what you hear, subscribe for more today. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or see the website at scoreline.ie. You can get a behind-the-scenes look at what happens during the podcast if you follow Scoreline Sport on Twitter and
3: Instagram.